When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandal, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, <clears throat> go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M is going to go 8-4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tailgate, and it's fucking rivalry. I'm so excited. Obviously, I'm here with Kiernan, as always, but Kiernan and I don't argue enough. And because it's rivalry week, I have that fight in me. So we have Kelsey from High Low Sports, Auburn University graduate, here to argue a little bit about the Iron Bowl and some more stuff. Kelsey, how you doing, bud? Doing good, Kev. Glad to be on. Appreciate it, Kiernan, as well. It's, this is that man. This is a great time of year. Except for this is always the time of year where either I I spend the day after Thanksgiving crying, or the day after Thanksgiving in a blackout celebration. I never can have an in between. Uh, unfortunately, lately it's been a lot of crying the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> that that's fair, Kiernan. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm excited for rivalry week, uh, especially since uh, I don't have any stake in it whatsoever uh i get to watch you uh either go into elation or go into the fetal position uh crying so it's 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 a win-win either way <laughs> uh i need to re- i don't know if it's still on my phone i need to release the video that i sent you after the tennessee game oh <laughs> oh i don't even think i've seen that have i i sent it to you on snapchat oh, yes, so yes, you, yes you have okay. seen it okay i, I was that's very drunk about. yeah <laughs> also, for those confused about Kiernan's audio sounding a bit different, he is in a car driving home from Pennsylvania. He's just dedicated to the game. So his girlfriend's driving and Kiernan's recording. You love to see that kind of hustle. Kiernan might be my dog of the week this week. Ooh, that that would be a, the ultimate sign of respect. That's true. I might have to change my answer. Uh, <laughs> quick piece of housekeeping before we get into our Actual topics, the Virginia-Virginia Tech game has understandably been canceled this weekend after the tragic shooting in Charlottesville two weeks ago. So, if you're going to bet on that, don't. Uh, but thoughts and prayers still go out to the Charlottesville community, the football team, uh, the families involved. And, yeah. So, now let's get into it. Passing is fucking overrated, guys. Uh, for those who did not see, 
I saw it at first. Indiana had two passes in a double overtime game against Michigan State. And Navy and Army did not complete a single pass in their games, and they both won. Army beating bowl-bound UConn. Why are teams passing? You can obviously win by just running the ball. The SEC did it forever. Probably still should for some teams. Yeah, if I had to watch Auburn quarterbacks pass a lot, I'd probably cry. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's be honest. It is a running century right now for Auburn. No, I, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if passing is overrated. Let's not get carried away here. Um, but I will say that. The simple passing game is overrated. At this point in time, if you're going to run a very simple four 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 route tree on your passing game, yeah, just go and forget about it. You might as well just run the ball, uh, which is pretty much what what Navy and Army consider to do now. It's I mean, they do that and then they run a nine route. That's that's their that is their passing scheme. Uh, it works sometimes though. So, but uh, the, you know, when you have what five different handoffs they can make on a scene, every every different play, it's just as good as a passing game nowadays. So what I'm hearing is Bill O'Brien should just run the ball every time. Yes. Yes. Bill O'Brien Fine. should also not be a head, uh, should not be a coordinator anywhere, but I digress. Like he could continue being coordinator at least for this week. That'll be fine. Hey, Hey, Tuscaloosa County high school needs an offensive coordinator. He can go there. Nobody wants to go coach at Tuscaloosa County. Only, only high school I know in the state of Alabama that you can, they, they will talk so much smack and get smacked in the first round every single year. They're like, oh, we're, we went undefeated through the region. Okay, that's fine. And they get bounced in the first round every year of the Alabama high school playoffs. Occasionally, they get it to round three. New round three. Kenan, what are your thoughts on passing? Is it overrated, and why should Sean Clifford do it less? Uh, I think that passing is generally overrated, given the fact that uh, if – Army and Navy can just win a game by sheer brute strength up the middle, then passing is completely overrated, and Mike Leach should retire. Oh, okay, well. Ooh, well, hold on now, because Mike Leach did run, ha, does run the ball about 60% of the time. Which is weird, but since Kiernan yeah. brought it up, we'll just jump to this topic real quick. There are rumors that this is the last ride for the Pirate ship. Mike Leach, at 61 years young, might be retiring due to health concerns. And an inside source of the team says that I have. I find it weird that I have a source on the team. Uh, says that he has not announced anything, but the vibe has sort of been like, yeah, this is it for him. Which is just sad. Uh, I'm glad that I'll still be able to follow him on Twitter. But, Kelsey Cannon, do, do you think Mike Leach will be remembered fondly for his coaching? Or do you think he's going to be remembered as a kind of funny guy who said weird stuff, who passed a lot? Uh, you, know you know what's funny about Mike Leach is everybody kind of forgets his Texas Tech days now. Uh, if you guys remember back to his Texas Tech days, he's the guy that got in trouble for throwing somebody in a concussion in a closet room, like just some random closet that was on the side of the field, to sleep it off. As, as the quotes were. Uh, so let's, I don't know if he'll be remembered fondly for his coaching. Um, I will say this, he'll be remembered fondly for being a very great character. Um, I'm a big Mike Leach fan, though. I got to say, I, I love his old school approach to a new school, new school offensive scheme. Like, the spread is an insanely new school thing. But he does approach it from a very old school perspective of, like, 
everything I do is a run. And then if it's not a run, it better be a touchdown. Like that's that's the that's the way his his offense works. So it's it's, it's a very old school approach to a new school new school scheme. It's very cool um, to like even see that that kind of idea uh, be played out. But yeah, I don't I don't know if he'll ever be remember be remember be remembered for like success as a coach or his you know revolutionizing the game or anything like that. Um, probably more so for talking about Sasquatch and aliens and what other conspiracy theory he wants to talk about in his pre- post game pressers is probably more what he's going to be remembered for. That's fair. I, I think he is actually, I think history is going to be kinder to Mike Leach than we think of him now. Not just as a character, but the air raid was a revolutionary sort of offense. And Mike Leach is credited as being, obviously Lavelle Edwards kind of started what became the air raid at BYU. But then Mike Leach took it and ran with it with Tim Couch at Kentucky and it brought it all over the country. And then yes, spread concepts sort of came from the air raid idea. And we're seeing now passing has taken over college football. I don't know if that happens without Mike Leach's contributions to the air raid. At, to the, yeah. to the point at which it did, because you had the air raid, then urban with the spread came into Florida, dominated the sec, won a couple of natties. And now it seems everyone's running the spread. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like out of all the coaches that ran the air raid, and there's only like three or four of them, and 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 that's been been coaching since the '90s, and that it's since you know have revolutionized. Really, I'd even say the 2000s. Uh, but I look at Hawaii and SMU as two of the to, the proponents more of the air raid as as what we think of an air raid offense. Just because when you throw Mike Leach in there, taking out Texas Tech, if you think of his his Wazoo days, now his 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 days at Mississippi State. All the passes were within seven yards of the line of scrimmage or behind it. Uh, occasionally, like I said, occasionally it's going to be a bomb over the top or, or or deep post. Those are the those are the two patterns that would be on the on, you know the the deep balls, but they're very rare. And he also didn't win enough, I think, in those situations. Whereas you think about the Hawaii air raid systems, I mean, those teams were competing for a Pac-12 championship until week ten, week eleven, every year. And then you think SMU. They came back from the brink of death with the air raid system and made themselves at least well-known enough to, to get ranked in the top 25. But then you think about Wazoo, they're just kind of always been Wazoo. They've not really been, you know, that team that you're really worried about competing. Uh, even as Texas Tech teams, they weren't really a team you worry about really competing for a national championship at the end of the day just because they had to go through so much. They'd be the fifth best team in the Big 12, so... I think I don't know if history will remember him well, but I do think, to your point, it'll remember him better than like somebody like Tommy Tuberville. That's for sure. Like he'll be well remembered compared to that, and I, I think that's that's a little bit better. But yeah, I don't know if he'll be well remembered for his offensive scheming. I th- I think it's I think it'll be a little bit of a combination because because it, it's it's not so much the the air raid offense you know as a as a concept in college football. It's more the fact that he's paired the paired that style of offense with absolutely nonsense tweets that I think will really cement his yeah. <laughs> legacy. Um, and just like his off fields, actually even on field antics when he like dropped all the chairs uh, after the um, oh, few weeks, I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, I forget who they were playing, but like just, just the, the antics of Mike Leach, I think has more or less cemented him as 
as a uh, I'm not going to say good college game, football actually? coach, but definitely a uh, a fun Ooh. college football coach. Legend of the game. Yeah. Yes, there you go. That's a much better way to describe it. I, I yeah, think I'll take there, but... Mike Leach, College Football Hall of Fame. Book it. Agreed. Just for the... T- oh, yeah. You don't need- no, he's just- not going to get a bust in there. They're just going to have his need- timeline on Twitter need- on a screen that you can scroll through. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, look, it's he's going to be... He's going to be... He's going to be remembered. Like I'm not. I'm not saying he's not going to be remembered in his career. I think. I think if it comes down to it, it's going to be just like, yeah, he'll be. He'll definitely be a footnote in history. There's no doubt about it. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't put him in the great pantheon. I want to put him in the great pantheon because of his post game conferences. But I think. I think. I. I do think that's what he's going to be remembered for first. And then it's going to be like, hey, don't forget, he was a good coach. Like and that'll be the term. It, he, he was a good coach, not he was a exponentially great or anything like that. That's fair. I also do feel like 30 years from now, people will just be like, hey, remember Mike Leach? Yeah. He'll be that guy like Tim Dwight. Like, you know, just one of those guys, either a player or a coach, or just like, hmm, you remember this guy? Like, yeah, actually, wow, I do. <laughs> you know, like, or uh, John David Booty. Like, you know, it's one of those one of those dudes that you just remember for, for random reasons. Yeah, it definitely going to be a Jeopardy question. Yeah. In like 10 years, like, this legendary, they're going to say legendary coach. This legendary coach helped develop the air raid offense and brought it to schools such as Washington, um, Washington State, uh, Texas Tech, and Mississippi State. And none of the fucking nerds are going to know. They're all going to get it wrong. They're all going to guess like Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, just because those are the coaches that they passingly heard of. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom Alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Does anybody else get the cringes when they watch when they get the sports category for the nerds in Jeopardy? Because I I hate watching that segment of Jeopardy. I'm immediately like, this is terrible. Just stop. Like, I can answer I, the, the other questions better than they can answer any of the sports questions. I like it strictly for when they have like college students come on, yeah. and it's like Yale, Harvard, and like Texas A&M. <laughs> That's hilarious because I and I just picked Texas A&M because I didn't want to say Alabama. I didn't want to say Auburn. But because they'll be getting dominated the entire game, and then they'll pick up so much ground just off of the sports section. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, But speaking of coaching changes, there have been a lot of rumors, a lot of announcements this week. Uh, Mark Stoops is signing an extension to stay at Kentucky through June of 2031. His salary is going up to $8.6 million a year, which is about a 
$2.3 million boost from his current rate of two points, or of 6.35, excuse me. Karen, what are your thoughts on Mark Stoops saying? Do you think it's a good move for Kentucky? It is. I mean, I think he's shown enough success over the past, you know, year, two-year increase. Despite the, I don't want to call them unfortunate losses because that just seems like, you know, that they lost by a point or two here and there. I mean, they did get beat quite handily, but I think there's enough consistency with uh, Mark Stoops at the helm to to warrant uh, another few years at the very, at the very least. Kelsey, do you like the move? Oh, I love it. Uh, I hate it for, for myself because uh, I was hoping Mark Stoops would be the guy at Auburn. Um, that's kind of who I have my – they originally wanted him before they got uh, Brian Harson, and obviously he re-signed that contract the first time or did get to end up in Kentucky. And then now it's like, all right, let's get him again. No, can't. Can't, can't get it, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I love the move for Kentucky. It's going to continually – you've seen what he's been able to do with what transfers and recruitment. So – it's been a pretty nice thing for for uh, for Kentucky to not just be a basketball school. Finally, he is making more than Coach Cal now, uh, which is, is hilarious to me. Yeah, that's yeah, what I saw. Cal. Coach yeah. Cal makes less than eight point six million. What is Kentucky doing? Auburn. Call, like I love Bruce Pearl, but <laughs> call Coach Cal right right now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I think yeah. So Calipari is making eight point six zero two. So I oh, think. Okay, never mind. So I think um, Stoops' contract is going to be a little bit more, like 8.603, just because of Calipari's were a basketball school comments. I think it's hard to judge my, uh, Stoops's kind of tenure at Kentucky right now because recent memory, you have the disappointing losses when he was dealing with injuries because you had Will Levis, who's not a fucking top three pick in the draft. I don't care what PFF says, but he's still a good quarterback, good college quarterback. I his loss or his injuries kind of contributed to those losses badly. I'm concerned that and he's not getting paid like a top ten coach. Top ten coaches are making now ten million plus a year. But you're paying him all this money. I think this might be Kentucky's zenith with Stoops. I don't they could be a lot worse. So I understand the stability of having a decent SEC team, which is still better than most Pac-12 teams, a few Big Ten teams, and a lot of Big 12 teams. But I think the concern is if you want to get to a cultural playoff, is Mark Stoops going to be the guy to get you there? And I don't know if he is. And we saw what Michigan State did with Mel Tucker, where he they saw some success and were like, oh, maybe this is the guy. Maybe he'll develop the guy. And then he shit the bed. So it's concerning. Um not as much money as the Tuck truck got. And even though Tucker got so much fucking money, he still did not disperse a $100,000 bonus to his assistants. He took it all for himself. So Mel Tucker's a dick, and I hate him now. But I will Kelsey, say, though... Oh, oh, sorry. Go on. I, I just oh, want no. to make a quick point about um, uh, Stoops. Is like, you know, you said that he... Um, that Kentucky might have reached its zenith with, you know, in terms of it their ability to win games and things like that. But I feel, but I also think at what point can we call uh, Kentucky, not just a basketball school, but a football school as well. Uh, like how many years do we need to have Mark Stoops, you know, um, consistently, you know, having uh, 
positive records and things like that before we consider them a, a legitimate football school. Uh, two national championships. That seems a bit wow. rough. With the history of Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football, say what you want about Cal- Calipari. I think he has done the least with the most of any coach in any sport. Across college, across professional, across the fucking world, except maybe Germany after they lost to Japan today. But he has shown a complete inability to win the big games when he needs to. But he has that prestige about him. Kentucky has that history of great basketball. And I don't think a few 10-win seasons at Kentucky – football will get you to will get people to forget it's a basketball school and start accepting it also as a football school it can't be an everything school like auburn is with their equestria national championships swimming and diving national championships oh you finally won an ncaa sanctioned national championship no no they've have like they've won like four ncaa sanctioned swimming and diving championships because equestrians, they're winning its team, and that's not it. Oh, one hundred. Yeah, there is not even a question. Equestrian is what the, what that school is at this point in time. But Auburn fans like touting its airing school. Like Kentucky's not that. Yeah. A couple of t- unless Stoops manages to stay there for twenty years and has a ten win season every year, then yeah, maybe they won't need the national championship. I think you need at least two natties or at least like three or four appearances to get people to forget that Kentucky is strictly a basketball school. Can I, can I actually say that instead of national championship, maybe SEC championships, I can see two SEC championships because Calipari has yeah, only won one national championship. Enough. Like Calipari has literally only won one with Kentucky. How many NCAA championships does Kentucky basketball have before Calipari got there? Doesn't matter. Does it It matter? does matter because the history is what sticks in people's minds. I mean, look, the reason why it doesn't matter is because all of their titles came 1948, 49, 51, 58, 78. So you're talking about a bunch of plumbers and farm boys playing against more plumbers and farm boys except for 78. Then you had 96, 98, and then nothing until 2012. So Calipari, literally as far as comparing to Calipari goes, like at this point in time, he wins, he wins two SEC championships. I feel like he is equivalent to John Calipari for football because football has a much tougher road to go through especially SEC football, and Nick Saban. If you get if, if he's a guy that gets past Nick Saban and Kirby Smart twice, that to me is more credit than if John Calipari were to get by anybody uh, oh, now, today, to get a national title. I am not arguing that if Kentucky has four or five Penguin seasons or if Kentucky gets two SEC championships, that Mark Stoops is – not a better coach still than Calipari. I think Mark Stoops is a better coach than Calipari today, November 23rd, 2022. I think Calipari is the most overrated coach because of what he could do at Memphis. However, yeah. I'm strictly talking about the perception of Kentucky athletics. Well, that's and the that point. is a like... lot harder of a, because of that 48, 40, the, when you had yeah. plumbers, and then the 70, because the guys who watched in the 40 told their sons how great Kentucky basketball was. Their sons saw Kentucky basketball win in 78. They told their sons how great Kentucky basketball was. Kentucky basketball won in the 90s. Then, now we're seeing those guys' sons and women, those guys and girls, children, 
talk about how great Kentucky basketball is because they have John Calipari. I'm not saying it's fair to Mark Stoops. I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying the perception is Kentucky is and will always be a basketball school. Yeah, but and, and that actually kind of is, is going to be my next. I have, two, I have two points, actually. One, Kentucky basketball, is it's like Friday Night Lights, but on hard court at this point in time. And it's like the old Friday Night Lights story of like, oh, you need this ring, you need this ring. That's like legitimately how Kentucky basketball is cultish like that. Um, but then also on top of that, you mentioned that they're always going to be a basketball school. Maybe they don't need Mark Stoops to do anything. Maybe this you this being the zenith for Kentucky football is okay with Kentucky football. Because maybe that's all they care about is basketball. Their men's and women's basketball team. Like at the end of the day, like you go through Kentucky, they don't really pride themselves on football like Alabama does or like Florida does. You know, they pride themselves on their basketball abilities. They don't pride themselves on any of the other sports first. It's it really is always about basketball. And that's that might just be the case with Kentucky. Same with Louisville. Just always going to be a basketball school first. Even though their football team can be really, very good at times, it's just maybe they don't want to be a football team, football school. It's like any Northeast college being good at hockey versus literally any other sport. Yeah. Yeah, BC could honestly make a miracle run to the national championship in football. It's when I say could, I mean hypothetically, they're never going to do that. They could have like a Doug Flutie 1984 season, have a Heisman winner, make a run to the natty, and then get knocked out in the final four for hockey. It'd be pissed about hockey if they could not give a shit about football. Every time. (laughs) It's insane. And I don't know if these schools can have the sustained success in football that they need to to change that perception. Or to do the, like, I think the bigger part of here is do the boosters even want that? Like, that at the end of the day, we all know how colleges are ran. As much as we'd like to say they're ran properly through the front, like, you know, through the, through the athletic department and all that, through the president. No, it's ran by the boosters. We all know that. We all hate it. We all despise it in a lot of ways. Kelsey knows a thing or two about that. Yeah. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll just leave that one there. But, uh, yeah, no, it's at the end of the day, like, that's the thing is like the boosters are all probably basketball boosters really in Kentucky. I don't, I can't think of very many boosters that are going to be something else that could have the funds to be something else. So maybe Tim couch, if he decides to, you know, step back into the Kentucky realm, maybe he ends up being like the one voice for football, but even then they'd probably put him in that, like, Hey, special advisor to the football program role. Yeah. You know? Also, if all these boosters, 99% of them, are not former players. Yeah, no. All of these boosters have way more money than anyone does, except maybe Michael Jordan at UNC. Which he is a booster, technically. He is actually a booster yeah. for, for UNC. Yeah, so, so he might be the wealthiest <laughs> booster just because he's worth a billion fucking dollars because of Nike. So, but outside of that, the former players aren't going to have the money to... Nece- now, boosters might listen to them more, but they're not going to have the money to actually impact much. Which is sad. If you think yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather well, have athletes as boosters than anything else. Especially Yellowwood. Oh, God. Fair. Uh, but while, while, we're talking about co- yeah, while we're talking about coaching changes, uh, we're going to talk about two Auburn targets for coaching. Deion Sanders, according to 247 Sports, is in talks with Colorado in the University of South Florida to take over their open head coaching jobs. 
I don't know why Dion would ever do this. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. USF, I understand. They're a decent group of five teams. Colorado is a stellar dweller in the Pac-12. Do you know how bad you have to be at football to be at the bottom of the Pac-12 consistently? Yeah. And yeah worse than Vanderbilt. It, yeah. And the allure could be, well, if I can bring Colorado back, then I can, I can coach wherever the hell I want. You can coach wherever the hell you want right now, Dion. But I don't know. It, and I don't think Jackson, Mississippi is a very great area because the government's incompetent, and they didn't have clean water for weeks this year. But he's got a good thing going in Jackson State. I am swack. You've got the number two prospect in the country, and he's playing well. You have your son at Jackson State. Both sons. Both sons. I did not know the other son, because I know the quarterback, uh, Shadir, is playing. Uh, His other other son is the corner. Okay. Probably should know that, considering I have a cultural podcast. It's fine. But he's got a good thing going for him at Jackson. I think he would need one of two things. He would either need a premier program to come up to him. And I mean, like, a Florida, if they fired Napier. A Florida State. A Miami, if they let Cristobal go. Saban, if he retires and they bring him into Alabama. Or... You need to back up the fucking Brinks truck and get primetime paid. I don't think Colorado and USF are doing that unless the weed money is that good in Colorado. Uh, It's that good in Colorado. (laughs) The money from it, not the product. I'm not sure about... A couple billion dollars worth of... Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so maybe Colorado does have the money to bring prime in. Uh, Kelsey, do you have any thoughts on Dion going to Colorado or USF? I'll say this. We just talked about Kentucky and we talk about the history, obviously of their basketball program. Colorado is kind of the same with their football program. They look back at that one national championship, right? And they're just like, Oh, the nineties, that national championship. It's like Nebraska, same thing every year. They want to be great again. And do I think they could pay somebody to do that? Absolutely. I think they could pay prime to do that. Do I like that idea of prime going to Colorado? A little bit more than USF, to be honest with you. I don't like the idea of him going to USF. I love the flashy jerseys at USF. I hate the idea of him going to a group of five program, though. I think that's a step down from where he is dominating the SWAC. Because with an HBCU, there's a whole nother level. Like, HBCUs to me are just in between the group of fives and the power five conferences. Not maybe as far as talent goes, but as far as money and everything that goes into the programs. They are right there. 
if you have the right person in charge, and, and we all know Prime is the right person in charge of that situation. But I do like the idea of him going to Colorado a little bit more just because it's a Pac-12. It's an easy, easy, easy conference to come in there and be like, hey, I'm going to make my mark. And within three years, he has Colorado rocking at the top, you know, swag surfing while the Buffalo charges out. You're doing their thing. But I don't like it as much as I would love to have an Auburn. I, you know, you mentioned it going into this, that the, the potential Auburn target. Auburn's not ready for him. I just talked about the boosters. The boosters could not handle a Deion Sanders because they could not handle any sort of revelry or any sort of, you know, actual showing of care for the players. Um, if it doesn't look like Alabama, they don't want it at this point in time. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Dion's not that Dion's not ready for Auburn. Auburn's not ready for Dion. Uh, and I think that's a, the problem with a lot of the schools that we talk, we could talk about that him going to is it's not that Dion's not ready for them, but are those schools ready to take on a Dion? I think Colorado could. Um, I actually would look, if you're going to go in the Pac-12, look at somebody closer to like, a, you know, UCLA if they were to get rid of Chip Kelly or Cal maybe um, where he could go in and step in at. Or if you go, obviously you talk ACC, any any ACC school would take him in a heartbeat. Um especially Florida State, obviously. I don't know if he could go to the U, uh, to be honest with you, though, like because of his Florida State ties. I don't know if he'd be able to go to the U. I agree with that. I But I think the U, with their history and how that team is looked at, they're far from what they were in the early 2000s yeah. and 90s. But that's still what people associate the U with. I think Deion Sanders fits that perfectly. Oh, yeah. Current Deion yeah. and the way he builds up HBCUs, absolutely. That's his. That's what his pride and joy is right now, and that's that's. I, I like. I'd love to say. I'd love. To, like I said, I'd love to say he he'd work perfectly at a lot of these power five schools. You mentioned Alabama. I don't think Alabama boosters could were, are ready for Dion. I just don't. Uh, Texas oh, A and M, no chance. No chance, and he ends oh, up at Texas A and M, something like I'm, that. So. I'm not saying necessarily that they would want him, which is stupid. I think every you no no, but they, they should want him. They should want yes, him. but they have the history that I think would make it worth it to him and also all of these schools have the money to get him yeah. there is it possible he's too successful like maybe maybe he did too, he's doing too well at jackson state right now and he's bringing too much quality and too much bet, like quality recruiting that now you you are sitting stuck in a situation where you go to one of these schools like your only options are to go to one of these power five schools and take all that money or go to an alma mater type of situation is that maybe the case with Dion? Uh, it it I, very I, well could be. Can you go now? Nice. I think I, I was really interested to, to hear your perspective on the whole Auburn thing because when um, I think after the third loss at Auburn, when Brian Harson essentially on his way out, I was thinking, oh, you know who would be great for this? Dion Sanders. Because I, I, you know, I was thinking like, oh, it's a brilliant opportunity, but now that you're saying that Auburn isn't even ready for Dion and not the other way around, I, it was a really interesting point. But I think uh, – I don't think that USC or Colorado is quite what Dion needs. I think, to be honest, I think if he gets another year or two under his belt at Jackson State and then uh, and then gets to big time – 
I, I like a, that isn't Colorado. I mean, bottom of the Pac-12, like you said, it, you know, there's no real point in that. Um, I find that there's no real point in that. I think it would be more beneficial to for him to continuously succeed at Jackson State and then take the big money at, you know, an ACC team. I think it would be more beneficial for him in the long run to say, like, not only can I win at an HBCU, I can also win in a Power 5 team. Now watch me do it. And you know what would persuade a lot of those boosters to, to be more willing to take them on? And, and that's the thing I, I say when, when I say Auburn's not ready for Dion. I'm saying the boosters at Auburn aren't ready for it. Like, we thought Brian Harson was bad when he got hired at Auburn, and there was immediately, like, flames and, and torture devices being brought out trying to get rid of him. It would be 10 times worse for Dion because he'd be coming in with this trying to do his thing at, at, at Auburn, try to get this, this program ready, and they just wouldn't be ready. And I think, you know – to your point, I think I think uh, getting him in a situation if they give him two more seasons, three more seasons, and show he can get these extra recruits, these top tier recruits that keep coming into HBCU, getting them to an HBCU is like that's a notch in the cap that no other coach can ever say. Like I didn't, like no other coach can be like I took a top five overall USA pro, like ESPN 150 prospect, and I brought him to Jackson State. No other coach in the world could say that, and he and he, if he does it for the next three to four years. That's that's a notch in the cap, the feather in the cap that no other coach can do. And then at that point in time, that's one of these universities that I talked about maybe not being ready for them. They're rolling out the brink truck at this point in time. Like, here's the red carpet. Come with me. Like, follow along. Fair. I've also brought this up in the past about Dion though going to one of these Power Five schools. He does a lot for Barstool. Not as much as when he wasn't coaching, but he still does there some of their NFL shows, some of their college football shows. I wonder, and I'm not saying he's going to sacrifice any career progression for this. I'm wondering if he might be a little apprehensive, not necessarily because of Barstool, but realizing like I won't have as much time to do all this other stuff that I enjoy doing if I'm at a Power 5 program. I think at the end of the day, it won't matter much, but I do think that will have him take pause and seriously consider which job he's going to take. That's fair because I do think if he does go to a power five, I think he's got to be the face of that recruitment um, is the biggest thing. Uh, at least the initial face of that recruitment or the final face of that recruitment. So he does going to, he will be on the road a lot more than he had, he has been now. Um, but it does also raise a question because he's already had health issues. We've already seen it. If you do watch the barstool um, show with him every week, you know, we've all seen the situations where he's had his toes cut off because of health issues. So, you know, that begs the question of, okay, well, how healthy is he really, and can he stay healthy enough to coach for five seasons at a Power 5 school? That also raises that issue as well. And maybe he's even thinking about that. Maybe he's like, maybe I'm not ready. He's almost like, what's the point? I've I've got it so good here. I might as well just say. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's kind of D on you. Yeah. They should just rename it. Jackson State now, Dion U. Or it's instead of the swag, Dion's, Dion's conference? Prime conference? Prime, Prime conference. conference. Yeah. Get a, get a sponsorship no, no. with Logan Paul's drink. Dion conference, and then you have two divisions, the Prime division and the Time division. I was going to say Neon and then Prime as the divisions. Oh, that might be better. I was going with Prime Time. But that's fair. Speaking of another... Or speaking of Auburn, another Auburn head coaching target. John Sokoloff 
who does a bunch of shit. He's an AP award-winning journalist, WCBI News sports director covering Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and high school sports. He is a Heisman voter. I just read his bio real quick. Tweeted, breaking. Heisman voter. Breaking. Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is happening. Story soon. And then Lane responds, that's news to me, nice sources. Kelsey, as an Auburn fan, do you? what are the odds you think that the lane train makes a stop in Auburn? Uh, just as good as Dion making the stop in Auburn, honestly. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he will. I don't think it's, it's, it, let's be honest at this point in time, is Auburn a step up from Ole Miss right now? Like, let's be completely, if I'm being completely unbiased, I don't think I could say Auburn's a step up from Ole Miss. And I think that's what Lane Kiffin's looking for is a step up. He, he took a step up from FAU to go to, to go to Ole Miss. Absolutely. But what's the next step up? It's going to be a team that perennially is in the top 10, the top 15, and has a top 20 perennial recruiting. Old Auburn, pre this Brian Harson fiasco in the last three years of, of, of uh, Malzahn, would have been something that fit that bill. This Auburn is not what was. So I, 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 I'd love to say yes. I like, Lane Kiffin is right there with Dion with me I, as, as like, I'd love this. But let's be honest, they're an unrealistic, unrealistic target. Um, unless you're about to pay him Jimbo Fisher money and put a nine, $90 million buyout on him, you're not going to get him. And let's, no, Auburn, no Auburn booster has a $90 million buyout uh, abilities right now, thankfully. So let's, let's not get carried away with that. But yeah, I, don't, I think the odds are about the same as Dion. Uh, so 15% potentially he gets there. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's that great. Uh, Mark Stoops was a much more reasonable target for, for Auburn. And much cheaper. And after yeah. <laughs> the, uh, after you know, Jimbo Fisher and Mel Tucker getting these massive contracts, we're gonna leave Nick Saban out of it because I mean, this story, this his success speaks for himself. But I mean, Mel Tucker is a, a, a solid coach, and you know Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I mean, I guess that this is now was statement was a solid coach. No one, no one is gonna go a ninety million dollar buyout anymore after this fiasco of, of Jimbo and Mel. They're just gonna be like, they're gonna be like, look. We can get somebody for far cheaper who's going to have at least the same amount of success. So there's no point in, you know, shelling out the money for it. Yeah. Um, I, I also look at it as, like Kelsey, you said, it's, it's a lateral move at best. Ole Miss is a better situation football-wise. Auburn's in a better situation money-wise. So at, taking those two out of it, because it's a lateral move still even with those. But after seeing what they did to Brian Harson, his alleged affair, dropping rumors that his wife was sleeping with a wide receivers coach and they fired and he fired him because of that. The rumors that they have an open marriage, this is all fine. Look, I think Lane has cleaned up his act. He's done very well not being the same Joey Freshwater who's hanging out in rounders on the strip in Tuscaloosa picking up freshmen. But why would he look at that and go, yeah, I want to go here. If, if Auburn just fired Harson without all this drama and was worried about the buyout and trying to fire him with cause, 
yeah, then maybe they would. But, or maybe he would want to go there. But I don't see a world where he wants to completely rebuild a roster and deal with those fucking boosters. Yeah. I, I'm total agreeing with you. Uh, I, I will say there is a one big red flag to why he would want to go to Auburn. And that big red flag, as you well know, is that guy named Nick Saban. And knowing he would have a guaranteed battle with Nick Saban at the end of the year, every single year. I feel like he loves Nick Saban, but at the same time, he loves to torture Nick Saban just as much. And you, you see it in the, in, in the pressers and in, the, in his tweets and everything. Like I feel like he takes a shot at Nick Saban once a week at this point in time. Just... Just for sheer love of Nick Saban, it is hilarious each time because it's not—it's not like malice or anything. It's no different than than any other joke amongst friends. But then, come Ole Miss Alabama week, he does, however, drop a couple like billboard material, I guess you could say, um, tweets out there. So I do think at the end of the day, that's the Lane, that's the factor that Auburn is hoping for that could draw Lane Kiffin. I don't think it happens. I still don't think it happens. I'm going to stand by that and. I hope I, I, I can, you know, look at that and be like, oh, man, I was wrong. Yay. I got we got Lane Kiffin. But I don't I don't think. Yeah, I think I think there's too much out there. Lane Kiffin's already been through the ringer enough through the whole USC fiasco, Tennessee fiasco, Oakland fiasco. Like, I don't think he wants to go through more of that. And as you said, looking at the, what the boosters did to Harson, that was just that was honestly Brian Harson should have wanted out long before he got fired. Like, if I'm Brian Harson, I'm looking for a way out if I'm him. I feel like the only reason he didn't do that was because he knew if he got fired, he would get the buyout money. Yeah. Yeah. $15 million does a lot for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, shit. I'd, I'd not quit a shitty job for $15 million. Yeah. Although I will say, so if now, I mean, we've talked about two Auburn, you know, targets, and I know we've probably got some other subjects, but I do want to mention somebody that, you know, uh, Kiernan might have a have have a something to say about, but I do think that he might actually be on the radar for Auburn as a former SEC coach, and that's James Franklin. And I know it's a, it's a lateral move, but honestly, if you're James Franklin, you get to go back to the SEC, given your success at Penn State and given your success against now Auburn twice now, he might want to, because he still has that bitter taste in his mouth. I, you know, I never. I never would have thought of that, but that's actually not a terrible idea. James Franklin came in after Bill O'Brien and, you know, you know, granted Bill O'Brien had not quite death sentence that year. And he came in, I don't know, formidable at the very least. Uh, and then James Franklin comes in and you know, more or less turns turns that program back to where it was, um, at least you know, prior to the scandals and things like that. I mean, they haven't won anything big, uh, like bar one Big Ten championship in 2016. But like, I, I feel like James Franklin going to Auburn would be fun to say the least, but I also don't want to lose him as a coach at Penn State. So it's a little bit... Uh, you know, 50-50 for me. 
as an Alabama fan, I would love James Franklin at Auburn because James Franklin cannot win a big game to save his life. So, very fair. Very. Hold on now. Is that James Franklin? He consistently blows it right at the end. Is that James Franklin or has that been Sean Clifford over the last however many years Sean Clifford's been playing? Six years now? Seven years? Too long is the answer. And (laughs) he needs to go. Thankfully, he will this year. But, but, I don't think it's. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just Sean Clifford, or it's, I think it's more James Franklin. Is, I mean, we, it happened with Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley as well. Like those, those two were the the power couple. You know, that was uh, at least dominating the run game at the very least. And Trace McSorley was, uh, well, small, tough sob. I mean. He, he could run the ball just as uh, tough as Saquon Barkley, and it worked out great for us, but it seemed like every time uh, we would end up bottling it right at the end and just making a mess of things. So, you know, could it could it be just the, you know, Big Ten curse that Ohio State will always beat Penn State provided James Franklin's there? Maybe. I don't know. But maybe one more year uh under drew aller or somebody else not named sean clifford will change our fortunes potential i guess get 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 ohio state without cj stroud you have a pretty good opportunity or all these stupid weapons that they get at receiver every year yeah it's the alabama of the big yeah no that's fair i do have a coaching target for auburn that i don't think everyone is talking about uh blake anderson now hear me out gus malzahn was a coordinator at auburn Mm -hmm. went to arkansas state Mm -hmm. then went back to auburn brian harson was the head coach at arkansas state went to boise and then went to Auburn. Blake Anderson was the head coach at Arkansas State, is now at Utah State, won a Mountain West championship there, and now he's going to go to Auburn. Mm. Mm. And also, he's a group of five coach, and we all know, based on the last cycle, Auburn's going to ask everyone under the fucking sun to coach for them. They're all going to say, are you crazy? No. And then they're going to get a group of five coach. Probably not wrong. I don't know if it's going to be Blake Anderson, because if you want to talk a guy that was embroiled with some uh, issues when he was hired by Utah State, that's a guy. Because um, there was the big issue that they were supposed to hire their defensive coordinator, who is a, um, well, first of all, he's been with the program. He was a program for like, I don't know, 12, 15 years, something like that. And then he got went through all the all the process, was was given the go-ahead green light by everybody except for the president of the school who said, we don't want somebody like him. Somebody like him is literally their football team. Polynesian, Mormon, big guy. And that's their Utah, that's Utah State's football team. And they said they don't want somebody like him. Um, so, yeah, there was that issue. Then Blake Anderson got hired. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't know well, if Blake but, Anderson but is the right guy. But that's not necessarily Blake Anderson. It's not, no, his, it's not fault his fault that the president of Utah State's racist. But when you think about the scandal, and then you think about 
I don't I don't think Auburn is trying to dig back into a Arkansas State guy yet again. I don't know if there's especially not with the new D, uh, new um, AD. I don't know if that's oh I that's forgot quite. about the new AD. The Arkansas if, if, State if, no, Auburn if it was still, dead. Yeah, if it was still the if it was still what's his name, I do I do think that's a possibility because he was open to an opportunity, open to giving somebody an opportunity who's deserved one, um, whether they're from a group of five or a power five. Now you get a guy you get the guy from Mississippi State in there. He's like power five, power five, power five, and that's it. Like literally, it's going to be a power five coach, or they they might just give Cadillac the next year. I which which I think they I'm... should do. They he's earned it. The team seems to respond to him well. But we're, if we're going to talk about a guy with power five experience, you want a guy who's done okay at the power five level because honestly, that's what Auburn can get at this point. You cannot get a highly successful coach at the power five level. With the dream of keeping the Arkansas State pipeline alive, Butch Jones. Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to say P.J. Fleck has a better opportunity to becoming Auburn's next head coach. I think Butch Jones is a better oppor- better chance just because I don't think Fleck is going to leave. P.J. Fleck likes Minnesota way too much to be moving anywhere. He also... And he's beaten Auburn talk- every single time they played in the Outback Bowl. That's all I got to say. Uh, also, we're going to talk about scandals. There have been some things that have come out about P.J. Fleck this year that uh, I don't know if Auburn wants to get involved with. Eh, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> well, new AD. New, new AD, Kelsey. They're turning over a new leaf. Uh, yeah, okay. Look, Everyone the day Auburn turns over sleep. a new leaf is, is the day I become the head booster. That's the day Auburn turns over a new leaf. And I don't have that kind of money to ever become a single basis booster, let alone a, like, I couldn't become a bronze booster. If you ever become the highest ranked booster at Auburn, can you make me the head coach? No. I will do it. Why would I make an Alabama guy head coach? Uh, Probably because I have had, I have been closer to a winning program than anyone currently at Auburn. (laughs) That's Ouch. not true at all, actually. Anybody currently at Auburn has a couple undefeated seasons. Oh, and they also have a couple undefeated seasons against Alabama as well. I do believe Cadillac never lost to Alabama. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. We're operating under the assumption that he will keep the job in Auburn. Oh, I'm just saying that he's currently and with the I program, mean, and he has never lost to Alabama. And look, I'm giving you plenty of time to get the money. So I'm assuming that they're going to fuck up this hiring. 
and then go like 0 and 12 or whatever, 1 and 11. They're going to go down to like Vandy levels. So if that happens and you're the head booster, just give me the job. I guarantee you, I will win you at least two games. Honestly, and I'm going to get real. I'll, I'll go real nepotism right there, and I'm just going to put myself as the head coach. I'm just, I don't even care at that point in time. If they're doing that, I'm going to be like, look, I can do better. I'd consider it. Listen, AD, I'll pay you to coach this team. Yeah, look, like, look, man, I'll, I'll give you one million a year for me to coach this team. I don't care. I'll work for that, that for free. Like, I, I would try to. By the way, I I love Alabama, but you see, here's why. Here's coach, what scares me, though. Try. You would try for no other reason than to try to get hired on by Alabama afterwards. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you could, be, I, you could replace Bill O'Brien. I wouldn't want. <laughs> I wouldn't want Alabama to hire me as a head coach. Maybe as an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but I, I do it with class. I do a Brett Favre thing. I would go somewhere else. For Nothing that man first. does is with class. That's fair. Um, I would do a... Let me think about this real quick. I was going to say Roger Clemens, but also nothing he does is with class. I would, I would treat Auburn fairly for the opportunity they had given me. I would go somewhere else for a year first. Then I would go to Alabama. But somewhere else right, first. Fair enough. fair enough. Somewhere outside of the SEC first. <laughs> Sentence you to Arkansas State. <laughs> and I guarantee you Arkansas State would have the greatest goddamn offense that this country has ever seen. They're going to see a run-heavy air raid. Nobody's going to see it coming. Two, two running back system with a run, one of your running backs as a quarterback? Yes. Secretly? Yes. They both wear the 20s. Oh, it'd be incredible. I would be a great offensive coordinator. It'd be better than Bill O'Brien. Oh, okay, and again, you say that, but like, you literally just stated the bar was down here when you said Bill O'Brien. Like, my dog could be a better offensive coordinator than that, picking in between treat bowls. I was going to say my grandmother would be a better offensive coordinator. My grandmother's dead. Okay, that's just cold-hearted. That's fine. It's been a few months. Uh, all right. Wow. Moving on to our Week 12 review. Kelsey clearly doesn't listen to the show enough if he does not know about my dark family humor. No, I don't uh, really care. I got I to gotta provide some sort of like, oh, no, moment to, to you know, balance it out. Yeah, Kieran's used to it. He's like, all right, Kevin, let's move on. We need someone to be surprised. Uh, first off, Kelsey, so... Kelsey, it's gotten so bad. It's gotten so bad for me that at this point I just sigh and move on. Oh, Kieran... <laughs> gives a disappointed sigh so much during the show. Uh, number you say two, someone's uh, disappointing stuff. I mean, look, my mom's not around to be disappointed in me, so I gotta get someone else to be. Uh, yep. Yep, there it is. Hey, to be fair, my mom tunes into our live shows and she's disappointed every week. Because now we get paid to talk about balls on my show, so I literally got to use that commentary and now it's like, shout out Manscaped for, for paying me to talk about balls. Fair. Well, at least your mom listens to your show. Oh no, no, she tuned it out now. Oh, after okay. I said, after I used that, it's it's over now. Okay, fair. <laughs> All right, week twelve. Let's stop talking about moms. I'm getting sad. Uh, number twenty-two, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Kiernan at Oklahoma, twenty-four seventeen. I had Oklahoma State, forty-two thirty-five. Oklahoma State won Bedlam twenty or Oklahoma won Bedlam. Excuse me, twenty-eight to thirteen. Kiernan won there. Uh, I just want to point out for that one. Uh, I just want to point out that 
if you listen to our last week's show, I changed my pick from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma last second, uh, right before we finalized the pick. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about that pick. I would like to also be clear. Kiernan can change his pick up until kickoff. If he texts me, actually, I want to do this, I will change it. I will alter that. Okay, all right. But still, like, it was a good it was a good yes. uh, re- reversal. Well, you didn't know that going in. So, for you, that was last second. So, proud of you. Whatever. Next up, number six, USC at number 16, Usula. Kiernan had Usula 31-30. I had them 24-22. USC won 48-45, so nobody got to win there. Next up. Number 10, Utah at number 12, Oregon. Karen at Oregon 34-28. I had Utah 28-20. Oregon won 20-17. And then finally, our Rattlesnake Memorial pick, even though he's not dead. Houston at ECU. ECU 28-21 was Kiernan's pick. I had Houston 25-18. Houston won 42-3. So, that's 2-1 on the week for Kiernan. Karen is now up 24 to 18. Let's just go into this week's fix because I much feel like it. Uh, first up, we have the Iron Bowl. We have number seven, Alabama versus not ranked Auburn. Kickoffs at 3.30 at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Alabama's a minus 21 and a half with a 49 over under. Uh, Kelsey, you can go first since you're the guest. Uh, fun fact, Auburn has a winning record at Bryant-Denny Stadium since they've been playing the Iron Bowl at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Therefore, it is known as Jordan Hare West, in case nobody knew that. Um, shout out to Auburn for that. So give me Auburn at winning this one 18-15 because both offenses suck. And it's also not going to hit the, obviously, uh, uh, over and under at 49 points. That's fair. Kenan, what are you picking? Sorry, Kelsey, I know you're the guest, but I'm going to have to go with Alabama on this one. Uh, I'm going to go 21-17 Alabama. No, that was going to be my score. I don't don't know. I'm going to go. the same score. It's okay. I will allow it. I I don't want to. Fuck that. I'm going to go Alabama 30, Auburn 27. Let's we'll go with that because now if the overhead. I'm overheads, surprised you I have them scoring over 20. Let's be honest. I, look, Bryce Young's there. No, Auburn's offense. Oh. I'm just saying. I, well, no, I, well, I, I, have a question, I have a question, Kelsey. Can, can um, Auburn's defense defend against the screen pass or bubble pass? Yes, a lot better than than they can defend against anything else. Actually, fun fact for you guys. Uh, Auburn had five guys invited to the Senior Bowl. All five are defensive players, two of which or three of which are defensive backs, then a linebacker and a defensive lineman. How is Auburn against the run? I believe they're top five in the conference against the run. It's not going to fucking matter. Alabama's yards per carry was un- absurdly high. They're like top ten and then bottom I, ten in carries. I'm just hoping so. you guys try to throw it to one of your below average receivers for once and Nehemiah Pritchett gets an opportunity to show what he's about. That's what I'm hoping for. A great game from Cameron Lotu coming. They're just going to target the tight end. <laughs> That's not what I need. I don't need the tight end targets. I don't either. Uh, That's how Auburn will get beat, but if by a tight end. Bill O'Brien, fucking target Cameron Lotu. Jesus Christ. Uh, next up, we have the game. 
Number two, Ohio State versus number three, Michigan. Uh, Kickoffs at noon. College football scheduling has, or TV deals have ruined college football scheduling. This game should not be at fucking noon. Fuck big noon kickoff. Uh, It is at Ohio Stadium in Columbus. Ohio State's a minus seven and a half with a 57 over under. I'm taking Michigan in this one. With Blake Corum's injury? 5 to 22. What? With Blake Corum's knee injury? Yeah, I think Michigan still has a good running game. I think Ohio State could not impose their will on Northwestern. Okay, I, that was in, okay I hold don't on. Care about the wins. I don't care about the wins. Ohio State could barely do anything on the ground. Northwestern's quarterback, in the same wins, outperformed C.J. Stroud. I don't care about the wins. If you cannot physically impose Northwestern football, then you are not going to win. I mean, uh, 50 plus mile per hour wins. That's all I'm saying. Sustained 50 mile per hour wins. Against Northwestern. It doesn't matter. It could be against a Boy Scout team and I'm going to struggle to throw. I'm not talking about CJ Stratt. I know I mentioned Northwestern's quarterback. It was like by four yards. My concern is Ohio State's running game. They could not get a lot going on the ground in 50 mile per hour wins when they couldn't throw the ball. And it's supposed to be rainy. Like, the weather's supposed to be shit nah, during Not until 3 p.m. So, seven-day forecast has 3 p.m. is when the rain is supposed to start. 58, mile, 58 degrees, which is perfect temperature for Columbus. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my score while I'm here. Uh, 35-21, Ohio State. Uh, but, by the way, dumbest name of, the, of any, of any, a, any uh, rivalry game and dumbest time ever. I'm glad somebody else has, agrees with me on that. Like, no, no rivalry game, no two versus three should ever be at noon. Ever. I rant about this once a week. Karen, who you got? All right. Karen, has got Michigan. OS, Michigan 36, Ohio State 28. I don't know how I feel about my pick now. But then again, Karen does better than me every week, so maybe maybe this is a good luck charm. Uh, I'm next up. Pick <laughs> that's fair. Next up, number 15, Notre Dame at number 8, USC. Kickoff is at 7.30 at LA Memorial Coliseum. USC is a minus 5.5 with a 64 over under. Ke- er, Kelsey, who do you have since I don't know if Kieran's back here? Uh, this is the dumbest, uh, the second dumbest rivalry in, in the world because this is the only one that takes place between a Midwest team and a South- Southwest team where the Southwest team only plays in the Midwest during good weather. They never play past September in at Notre Dame, so they play in L.A. Uh, when it's late in the season. So USC is going to add a ruby to the Golden Shillelagh, or sorry, Jeweled Shillelagh yet again. Um, give them 45-14. That, that's fair. I don't, I don't trust USC. They have not looked good the last couple of weeks. Notre Dame is coming off a big win against Clemson. Give me Notre Dame. 31. Now, nah, let's go 33 to 20. Why not? Caleb Williams, not your Heisman pick, I take it. No. <laughs> no, I, it's going to be CJ Stroud, even though Stetson Bennett is leading the fan vote, which is fucking stupid. Kiernan, Notre Dame, USC, who you got? All right, Kiernan lost it again, so he can give us his pick over text. He knows these games, so. We'll just deal with... We'll add them in after the fact. 
Next up, we have the Battle of Nevada. Nevada versus UNLV for the Rattlesnake Memorial, even though he's a live pick. Kickoff is at 6. It's at Allegiant. UNLV is minus 12.5 with a 51 over-under. And some of you might be asking, Kevin, why aren't you guys picking Tulane at Cincy? They're both ranked. First off, it's not a rivalry. Second off, the trophy for this game is a fucking cannon. We are picking the game that gives away a cannon. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. With that being said, I am going with Nevada. I don't know why, just off vibes. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at The Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at The Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. 45 to 38. Why the fuck not? I don't really know. <laughs> All right. Hey, fair enough. Yeah, no, I was, I, was, I, I was surprised that you picked this game instead of maybe the Sunflower Showdown, uh, which has the worst name in the world, by the way, uh, but Kansas, Kansas State, just because K-State, Big 12 implications. But And then I looked up this, this, this rivalry, and I saw that it was a giant cannon that they give out, and I was like, oh, never mind. I picked the giant cannon any day of the week. Um, I'm with you, though. I'm going Nevada, 35-32. Honestly, I have no rhyme or reason for them. I just like the idea of, of, of Nevada and, and their, their great navy blue and silver jerseys. Yeah, when I was with that, I was like, oh, I'm going to pick the running Rebels. But no, no, we're just going to we're gonna go with Nevada. We're going to go with the Wolfpack on this one. This might be the best jersey matchup of the weekend, though. It might be. Next up, we have the Egg Bowl, which honestly, weird name, great name yeah. for a rivalry game. Number 20, Old Miss versus Mississippi State. This one is tomorrow at 7, so if you're sick of NFL football or are sick of dealing with your family, be sure to watch this one. It's at Vaught-Hemingway in Oxford. Rebs are minus 2.5 with a 59 over under. I'm taking in his twilight. Mike Leach is going to get the upset. The air raid is going to come to fruition. Will Rogers is a stud. Mississippi State, 45-28. to 28. All right, all right. Um, I respect the pick. Uh, I'm, I'm not going with you, though. I'm going Lane Kiffin and um, the Land Sharks, if you will, uh, to win this one 38-17. Also, it might be like one of the worst slash best re-nicknames, Land Sharks. I love it. Yet, yeah, don't hate it. Colonel Reb was so much better. Yeah, I mean, okay, fair enough. I yes. understand why they got rid of it, but Colonel Reb was awesome. It was a great logo. Also, I, I don't know. I don't like the Land Sharks. I, I, I like it just because it's like, oh, you guys are going to be nicknamed the, the Land Sharks and a beer. So I can literally be like, oh, hey, hey look at you guys. 
fair. That's the only reason why. That's like the fair. only thing that could have been better if they would have been like renamed like the Shock Tops. That could have been better. Yeah, that that would have been nice. Uh, if he stays, they should just rename, remake their mascot into the Lane Train. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, yes. What the fuck? Like Auburn should have been the Gus Bus. I feel like yeah. at one point in time. Exactly. I mean, War Eagle, their Tigers, like just make it the Gus Bus. Uh, well, okay. I don't want to hear from Roll Tide and an elephant. Explain that one to me. Um, Roll Tide is because they're the Crimson Tide because uh, in a game they were dominating so much that the media said they ran over the opposing team like a Crimson Tide. And the same same concept how Auburn came up with War Eagle. And then uh, for Roll Tide or for an elephant. Uh, early in the team's kind of history, they had their JV squad out for the first half, and they put in their actual players for the second half, and they said coming out of the tunnel, it was like a herd of thundering elephants. Fair enough. Um, probably, but, yeah, no. Uh, Auburn Auburn got, yeah, obviously, you know the Tigers just came from just Tigers being in the area. Um, and then the Auburn, the War Eagle cry came because they literally raised a eagle from the Civil War back to health and it flew out before the first game so there's like somebody literally said oh war eagle like oh okay see yeah no that's in case anybody doesn't get the auburn and war eagle situation that's the explanation they t- they literally oh, teach I, you that in orientation by the way i don't know if they did that with alabama they did not no they, they did not that's something i had to google <laughs> Fair enough. uh next up we have civil war Number nine, Oregon versus number 21, Oregon State. Kickoff is at 3.30 at Razor Stadium in Corvallis. Oregon's a minus three with a 56 and a half over under. Kelsey, who do you have? Uh, Oregon, 35-28. Bo Nix has been playing out of his mind this year. So he looks like the Bo Nix that was supposed to come out of high school. That's fair. Uh, let's see if Kiernan's back. Kiernan, do you have service? Yes, I have managed to get out of the dead zone, and I am back. All right, perfect. Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Kelsey on this one. I think Bonix has been playing out of his skull, and I don't think that Oregon State has enough on the defensive side to stop him. So, Oregon uh, 34, uh, Oregon State 24. Yeah, that sounds right. As much as I don't want to pick Bo Nix, Bo Picks, yeah. and because yeah. I, you know what? No, solidarity with all the abandoned children of the world. Unite. We're going Oregon State, baby. We're going with the Beavers. Oregon State, 21. Oregon, 16. Bo Nix is going to throw a pick to end the game. Um, I'll, I'll do you one better. He's going to throw a pick to Rajon Wright. I will literally tell you the player he throws the pick to. Uh, if you guys don't know who Ray's on, right? He's the guy from uh, Last Chance U. Ooh. The, the the LA the, from the uh, Oakland area. Ooh, I I like Lady, it. I like Lady the college. There you go. Damn! Now I really want this to happen. Hmm. <laughs> oh, same. But like, you literally can't. Like, it, it hurts to pick Bo Nix for me. So I like I, I tell everybody not to pick Bo Nix. So I can't blame you for not picking Bo Nix because yeah, Bo Nix is bad things happen. Yeah, uh, next up we have the Apple Cup, number 13, University of Washington versus not-ranked Washington State University. Here it comes at 10.30. It's at Martin Stadium in Pullman. 
Washington's a minus two with a 59 over under. Kiernan, you can go first since you missed a lot of this. Yeah, sorry. I'll get my picks in later with you. Um, I'm going to go Wazoo and, or NR Wazoo, and then I'm going to go uh, – it's going to be, I think, fairly low scoring, I think, this one. So maybe uh, 24 or 20. Kelsey, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go Washington and Michael Penix Jr., um, uh, to, to just blow this one out of the barn door. It's 45-14, Washington. You know, usually I'm not a fan of Phoenix, but I'm a big Phoenix guy right now. I'm going to go Washington 38-22. I think it's a rivalry game. It'll be a little bit closer than you're giving them credit for, Kelsey. But, yeah, I still think it's going to be. Unless it's that snowball again that it was three years ago, I don't – this game is – there's no way. Like, you're playing on a literal speed turf. Like they actually call their turf style speed turf. It's This is meant to be a high-flying game. That's fair. Uh, well, we're going long, so we're going to fly through the college football playoff rankings real quick. Uh, 25, Louisville, 24, Cincinnati, 23, Texas, 22, UCF, and 21, Oregon State. Kelsey Kiernan, any strong thoughts on the bottom five? Yeah. All right. So Kelsey has the same reaction as, as we do every week, Kevin. We're just like 20, 21 through 25. Eh, who really cares? Yeah. They're never going to make it. They're never going to make it in the top 15 for me to really worry about them. Congratulations we, we on your, your, what, Outback Bowl? One yeah. of them? Like, who cares? We, Emerald Nuttbowl? If you care strongly about this, then you're either a fan of a team that just missed or you're a fan of one of these teams. Otherwise, you're a weirdo. Uh. Next up, number 20, Ole Miss, number 19, Tulane, number 18, UCLA, number 17, UNC, number 16, Florida State. Uh, no, I have no strong feelings. I don't get how UNC is below Florida State, but I don't really care enough for it to matter. Like, it, it just confuses me how an ACC school who has two losses is below an ACC school with three losses. That doesn't uh, well, well, that's because Florida sense. State – 11 weeks ago, beat the number five team in the country. Yeah, I'm going to stand by. I don't understand how North Carolina with two losses is still below Florida oh. State with three losses. I'm not saying it makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying that's why. I think. That's that's the only reason. I'm just like, I don't really care, but I'm just like, question mark? What? Yeah, fair. Now when it's okay to have a strong opinion. Oh, Kiernan, do you have a strong opinion? No, no, no. I was just going to say the committee has made some very interesting choices and they only get tastier from here. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you got yeah. number 15, Notre Dame, number 14, Utah, number 13, Washington, number 12, Kansas State, and number 11, Penn State. Penn State right in their sweet spot outside of the top 10, but above the top 15. Uh, but other than that, I yeah, don't right. have super strong opinions. Best place to be. Yeah, it's kind of is what it is. Like I'd like K State to be ahead of Penn State personally for the fact that they have a chance to win a Big Twelve championship. Um, and no one would disagree. That, with if you. that, <laughs> well, let me put it this: way. if that matters so much to the committee to have a championship under their belt, like that needs to be a little bit more important in the rankings. Like if they have an opportunity to get there, I think is it needs to be played in. But you know what? Again, this is like I don't really care. <laughs> I feel like this is the first year where it's really clear cut who like the top four teams are. So it's hard to have a strong argument for the rest. Yeah. 
number next up, number ten, Tennessee, number nine, Oregon, number eight, Clemson, number seven, Alabama, number six, USC, and number five, LSU. I want to tell Tennessee fans to shut the fuck up. You celebrated your historic season mid after the third Saturday in October. And now you're like, well, we beat Alabama in, L- like, in LSU. Why are we below them? Well, because you fucking lost to Spencer Rattler by 25. And you lost your starting quarterback for the year. You're only going to go down from here. Congrats, you had your best season in 20 years. You have the same record as Alabama's worst season in 15 years, and you're below them in the rankings. Congrats, Bulls. Anyone else have any strong thoughts on this? Uh, I do still think Tennessee needs to be above Alabama. Head-to-head should matter. And head-to-head means Tennessee is above Alabama because they did beat them. Period. Point blank. There's no other explanation that needs to be given. Yeah, Tennessee's an idiot. Yes, they lost Hendon Hooker for the rest of the season, which is sad. He'll be a great third-round pick in the draft. Um, But... Yeah, at this point in time, Tennessee still should be above Alabama with full well knowing that they're both going to fall. And I do think that means they're 9-10. and 10. I don't think that means they're 7-8. and eight. I think that means they literally should be 9-10 and 10 at that position, like Tennessee at 9, Alabama at 10. Because Alabama has no way into a bowl game and no way into the playoff. So there should be no relevance for them to be at number 7. Whereas Clemson, who does have a relevant, does have an irrelevant opportunity, and Oregon, who also has a relevant opportunity, not really a relevant opportunity for real, but at least a better chance of winning a, uh, a title in the in the Pac-12, they should be ahead of Alabama for those reasons as well. Um, I just Again, it's an Alabama Invitational every year, Ohio State Invitational every year. I get it. I don't like it, but it is what it is. That's right. I don't disagree with anything that you just said, but I just love watching these Tennessee fans cry after all the shit-talking they did Feels like Tennessee fans, Georgia fans, they all cry. Alabama fans, Auburn fans. Yeah, we all shed tears. But feels like 98. <laughs> I didn't know y'all finished outside of the top 10 in 1998. It's kind of weird. Kenan, do you have any thoughts on the top or 10 through 5? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. I, I think that part of the part of the reason that is because you know I understand that you did just lose to Spencer Rattler on the Gamecocks, but like you need to also realize that they're. I think part of the decision making was the fact that Hendon Hooker was such that you know having him 
out for the rest of the season is extremely detrimental to their offensive output. And I mean, the, as the adage goes, offense wins games, defense wins championships, and they are not a defensive-minded team. Yes, they got by Alabama, but they also gave up 52 points. Like, you know, it, they clearly have issues. They, they can win games when they need to with their offense, but they cannot go up against the, the likes of Georgia and Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. I think – I get what Kelsey was saying, but I still think it's yeah. – we're really splitting hairs here. Yes, Alabama yeah. should be 10. Tennessee should probably be 9. But it, it doesn't matter. Neither of them making the college football playoffs. I think the it, college football playoff committee could make their jobs a lot easier if they just said, this is the top four. Yeah. What about yeah, really. 5 I mean, through 25? Doesn't fucking here's matter. Here's who's in the playoff. Here's who has a chance if they win their bowl, if they win their conference championship. Here you go. That's all they should. I, that's all they should do. Um, I think college football fans are smart enough to think if their team has a chance or not. Yeah. Now, it's, Alabama fans are still trying to plot a way that Alabama can get in. It's not fucking happening. But I, I think just say the top four every week. I, I I will say this about Alabama, and and this is like. This is the one thing that that I think frustrates me about looking at this ranking and seeing Alabama ahead, so far ahead of Tennessee, is if you look at the SEC rankings as a whole, put East and West together, Alabama is the fourth best team in the SEC. Period. That just by record, they are the fourth best team in the SEC based off of like opponents. Tennessee is the third best team because of that head-to-head matchup. If you're ranked like that in your own conference – in something that matters for national rankings and bowl positioning, you need to not be in a different order. Like, that's my biggest gripe with this. And it, it, I get why they do it. And, and trust me, I understand the whole hand and hooker thing. I understand that Tennessee is still probably going to lose to Vanderbilt this weekend. But it does, it, at, at the end of the day, they should still rank them this week according to head to head. And that's the thing. I don't care whether they're going to guarantee a loss because of hand and hooker not being there. Because they are, but it should just be the way it is based in the conference should be the way it is on paper as well on the on the pol- the polls. And again, at the end of the day, neither has a chance, so it doesn't really matter. But if they did, that becomes a whole different ballgame. Like if one of them did have an opportunity, then why is Bama ahead of Tennessee? Well, like you said, it's the Alabama Invitational. Yeah, it's okay. They, look, they get the money. You bring the money in, I will put you in anywhere. That's how I look at the end of the day. Like, I get it. I'm not, I'm not naive to the case. I also want to just complain about everyone who's saying, like, oh, I like complain about these rankings. Like, the four committees, like, the four teams, the committee's a disgrace. We need a 12 team five. You're the same people who are complaining because Alabama was winning every year with the BCS. Yeah. Fucking suck it up. Hey. If you want to disband the University of Alabama football team because your feelings are hurt and it's unfair, suck it up, Buttercup. They're just going to go win softball championships. It's okay. Like, like at this point in time, they'll find a sport to be good at. So. Also, with the twelve team playoff, Alabama's it. Like, yeah. wh- why do you want to see more out? Al- I think that's it. I think Joel Klatt, Danny Cannell, and all, and Heather Dinrich, Dinrich, Dietrich, i don't know her name—they all just want to see more Alabama, and they fake that they hate Alabama, but they just want this twelve team playoff to see Alabama even in down years. Honestly, this was a pre- this was a prediction, you know. Uh, 
at the beginning of the season when it was first announced. They're like, hmm, Alabama doesn't look as good as the, as we nor- as they normally are. We need to expand this playoffs to make sure that they get in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because that was actually one of the rumors that I, that they, they were talking about. So I'm in Ohio, Ohio now. So that's one of the rumors is at, with all the Ohio State fans like, oh, well, Alabama's not going to make it. So they want to make it sure they could make the playoffs. Like, okay. Well, it's not Ohio the truth, State. But at the same time, like, you guys are just as bad, Ohio State. Like, let's not get carried away. Ohio State literally had the Big Ten change their rules for who could and couldn't play in the championship to get Ohio State into the cultural playoffs. Oh yeah, which was horseshit. Yes, and then they got fucking ran. They made Cincinnati, yes, and then got ran off the field because they had Tuck Borland, a big white linebacker, cover the Heisman Trophy winner. How'd that go? That was so dumb. That was so dumb. (laughs) All right, you're top four. Oh, you have more to say? As far as as far as an expansion goes, let me just go ahead and say this. I would. I'm not against an expansion. I also am a big fan of the SCF playoff bracket. If you guys have not watched FCS playoffs, they're so fun to watch. I don't care that North Dakota State has a, a, a monopoly on, on a top ranking every year. I don't care about that. I love the first and second weekend where there's some upsets galore. And then it shakes itself out at the end. Like we, It's just like the March, just like March Madness at the end of the day. It shakes itself out, so you still end up with the same like top-tier teams. But there's always one surprise. And I just love, I love hearing about that one surprise team, that, that at-large bid that makes a name for itself. That upsets somebody. And I do think there are teams out there that could, given one game, give somebody a run for the money. I do think that is something out there. And I, I, I'm okay with that as long as it's like a reasonable expansion and not a stupid expansion. Like set, set rules for who can and can't get in the expansion. Like you have to win a, a your, your conference championship and you'll get a rank by. And if you don't win your conference championship, you're an at-large bid. Like make rules for it, but don't just fly by the seat of your pants next time. Oh, yeah, I, I think if with 12 teams, they need to say, like, you win your conference championship, you're in. You yeah. top three highest ranked group of five schools are in, and then four whatever bids. Yeah. Within reason. Like, obviously, the top top five, uh, top three, you know, group of five teams are, like, four lost teams. They don't get in. Like, that's that's just silly. Like, I, I feel I like feel you, like you got to take the percentage of the well, uh, their win-loss into account. Let's look at some of the group of five teams. Um, Tulane nine and two, their group of five. UCF yeah, eight definitely. and three. Cincinnati nine and four. So the top three are, yeah, three losses is with UCF, but Kansas. State I think I, I think I'd leave Louisville losses. out in that in that situation. Like Louisville doesn't deserve it. Louisville's ACC though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they are ACC now. I can't yeah, think no one American. Would, no one thinks that, but yeah, they're they're ACC now. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean that's fine. Like, hey, look, I'll take a couple eight and two, or nine and twos and a couple eight and threes. Like, that's fine. Yeah. So I, I think they need to have stronger rules, like you said. Um, but yeah. top four: your TCU Horny Frogs, your Michigan Wolverines, your, or Ohio State Buckeyes, and then the Georgia Bulldogs at one. Uh, no issues. There's no yeah. reason to complain about this top four. In exact order, it should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The only the only thing the only thing that is going to really piss off, I think, I think everybody is when the committee inevitably says, "Ah, uh, you know, we really don't want to see TCU in there," and then just drop them to five. 
for no reason. And I get, I know it sounds ridiculous that it would ever happen this way, but I just have this sneaking suspicion that they're going to do it. And they're going to have a riot on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. If TCU wins out and South Carolina wins out and LSU loses to Georgia, they're going to wait until the SEC championship LSU loses, they're going to drop them, move USC up to four, and move TCU down to five, and hope nobody notices. And their excuse is going to be they beat two tougher teams in their final two weeks than TCU did. Because TCU plays Iowa State this week, and next week they'll likely play Kansas State, who is a ranked team, but as we saw in the rankings, much lower, or lower, well, actually higher than who... I don't know if they'll get away with that one, actually. Because if USC plays Utah, or no, I guess it would be Oregon that they play in the, the championships. So, yeah. So they would be a higher, two higher ranked teams in the last two weeks than, than what a TCU will play. So that could be their excuse. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. It wouldn't, but they should not get away with this. They should be brought up on criminal charges if they drop TCU after winning out. I mean, the Pac-12 did take their ball and run home with it during the COVID season. So they're trying to get, get them back on board at any point in time that they can. So That's right. They also want Lincoln Riley. And just because he's cute. They want to get him more screen time. Oh, boy. My favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys want to do Dog of the Week now? Yeah. This is how we do it for the dogs! Dog of the Week, as always, is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com. Use promo code TAILGATE for 10% off your order. Get some great sunglasses. I know the sun's going down at 4 o'clock in the afternoon because of fucking bugs, but it still is sunglass season. It's always sunglass season. Go get some Yeats, yeatsofficial.com, promo code TAILGATE. Kelsey, who's your dog of the week? I know you're conflicted on this earlier. Yeah, I was, I was, I was back and forth last week, right? Obviously, there's a couple, couple different opportunities. Uh, but I finally settled on one, and that is those ironic that it's a dog of the week, and they're playing the dogs this week. But last week, they set themselves up pretty well. Georgia Tech against UNC, against a Heisman hopeful UNC quarterback as well, just doing enough to get themselves off the snide. It was an absolutely fantastic game, watching it top, top to bottom. Pick at the end of the game sealed it for Georgia Tech against said Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback Derek May. Uh, so absolutely fantastic for Georgia Tech. Uh, they're winning 21-17 over UNC, a ranked UNC at that. That's fair. Kiernan, who's your dog of the week this week? Man, as much as I do not want to name this guy, I have to give it to him after putting up six touchdowns on uh, Tennessee. It's Spencer Rattler. I I just – I couldn't – I can't deny the man has – he does have a talent as much as I was mocking him and, you know, insulting him earlier in this year. That was an insane performance. And he did, he did the, uh, that, like that counting thing at, right towards the end where he's like, Oh, there's one or, or two or three. And I was like, uh, you gotta, you gotta have a certain level of cockiness to get away with it. But I think he nailed it. So he's my dog of the week. That's fair. Beamer ball is back. Uh, I had you go first kid. cause I had a sneaking suspicion that, Spencer Rattler was going to be yours. He was mine. But don't worry. I had three ready to go. First up, Kiernan is one of our dogs of the week for recording this on the road. Proud Kiernan. There's been some audio issues, but love the dedication to the game. Thank you. Thank you very much. My dog of the week who played on Saturday is TCU kicker Griffin Cowell. 
down against Baylor. Uh, TCU had timeouts they could have used, but instead decided no timeouts. He sprints on the field, lines up, drills the game winner. You have to have that dog in you to run out onto the field and drill a game winner to keep your playoff hopes alive. Griffin Kell, dog of the week. This is how we do it for the dogs! Now, it, it is rivalry week. We've spent a lot of time talking about rivalries. But I want to talk about the rivalries that were gone too soon. With all this real realignment, we're losing Bedlam. Mike Gundy said it's not happening anymore. Oh, We've lost so many great rivalries to realignment. I want to know, you have one rivalry you can bring back. And I mean on a yearly basis. So if they played it this year, that doesn't count because they're not playing it next year. Like, they haven't played it for a while. Kelsey, what's a rivalry that you want to see come back to college football? I got to make sure it hasn't happened recently, but I don't believe it has. And, yeah, it is the Texas A&M versus Texas game. I miss that. That used to be my Thanksgiving Day special. That used to be the game every Thanksgiving Day. And then now it's gone. Um, by the way, Bedlam, I'm not sad about losing Bedlam. That is not a rivalry. Uh, you can't lose 80-plus games in a 100-game series and call it a rivalry. Um, sorry, Oklahoma State. But, yeah, no, Texas Tech A&M, that's the rivalry that I, I miss the most. That's fair. We'll, we'll be seeing it with some more regularity with both teams being in the SEC They're coming West. back in 2025 is yes. the next meeting. So it, it, I don't know if they'll play every year because with the teams added, they're moving away from the division format potentially. But that's a good one. Kiernan, what rivalry do you miss? I I actually have to disagree. And I, I actually really enjoyed Bedlam, despite the fact that, you know, the, the, like you said, the 80, uh, you can't lose 80 games or whatever. And I, I do understand that. It does make sense. But at the same time, I, I always thought it was fun to have in-state rivals like that. And I think the, um, you know, not every state kind of gets to claim that. Like, you can't, you can't say you know, um, Ohio State versus Ohio. That's not a rivalry. You know, Penn State versus Pitt. That's not really a rivalry. You could consider it maybe in the past few years, but not not seriously. Um, but, like, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game is the more fun of the in-state rivalry. So I think I'm, I personally am going to miss that one. That's right. Uh, by the way, it's actually 91 91- 19 and 7 in favor of Oklahoma. Oh Jesus. Uh, but I will that's say right. actually that's I right. I got to give you I, I got to give you credit though because the last I'd say the last 20 years worth of bedlam has actually been fun. Uh, but uh, the previous 80 I, we could sweep under the rug. Right. And I I understand like you know you need to have alternating wins to make it fun, you know, cuz like it you know how it would actually matter during a season but I just don't think other states have that type of rivalry within it, within its own borders. And that's why that makes fair. it fun. That's fair. I, I think I might have, and we had it this year, but the backyard brawl is such a fun rivalry. Mm-hmm. There's so many fun stories with that. You have Rich Rod and Pat White at West Virginia losing to Pitt in the year of the twos or the curse of the twos back in 2007. 
it, there's so many fun moments from that rivalry historically, and it sucks not seeing it every year. Also, also some honorable mentions for me for that one were the Border War, Missouri-Kansas, just because the name is hilarious, and the Battle of the Palouse, just because Washington State and Idaho are like 18 miles apart. But I think Backyard Brawl takes it as the best defunct rivalry, in my mind. I'll also, Colorado, Colorado State, because they don't play every year now. Um, still a pretty good one. Just yeah, because it's, you, t- you talk about it, talk, you know, to, to Kieran's point, as far as in-state rivalry where one team can be like, screw you, we, we have the, the record. That's Colorado over Colorado State as well. That's true. Rocky Mountain Showdown is the name of that rivalry, and it's awesome. Yeah. Trying to see if there's any other good ones that are – Marshall, West Virginia, the Friends of Coal Bowl. That, yeah, that was a good one. That's just a great name, too. Yeah. The tough thing is, like, it's, it's I mean, when it actually finally finishes, like, yeah, you'll no longer get Tech versus A&M. Tech versus A&M for the battle for second, for, for Little Brother was a, I know that's the, not the name of it, but that's what I always called it, was the battle for <laughs> Little Brother. Um, that was always fun, but that doesn't happen very often anymore. Um, yeah, now you Iowa Iowa State is it, it is still a rivalry game that still happens by the way, but I'm more disappointed in the fact that it doesn't happen later in the year. It literally happens week two or three now. Yeah, I have. A, so actually, I have a take that if you're not playing this weekend, it's not a real rivalry. What about Army? Like Navy? it's not it's not the rivalry and Army Navy next week. Does does well, like Penn State Michigan State count? Because I don't think it does. No. Fair enough. Who's the ball? Who's the Paul Bunyan Trophy? I can never remember this one. Uh, ne- Minnesota, Nebraska. Okay, that one still counts, even though it's not this week. Yeah. Okay. That you either have to have a cool name, a cool trophy, or play this weekend. Yeah. Notre Dame USC also has a cool trophy in the Jules Shillelagh. Um They add an emerald for every time Notre Dame wins, a ruby for every time USC wins. Still mad that they don't play it at the same time every year, though. Yeah, that's fair. So, also, is Alabama Penn State a rivalry? No, never. No, and it won't ever be. No. Wikipedia has it as a rivalry after they played in 1959, 75-79, then throughout the 80s from 81 to 80 to 90, and they didn't play for 20 years. And they played in no, 2010 it, and 2007. Like, how is that a rivalry? It's it's not a rivalry. It, it, the, the fact that they played, you know, a few times back in a single decade does not make it a rivalry under any reasonable assumptions so no it's not Uh, that does bring up though catholics versus mormons uh byu versus notre dame and then catholics versus cons by notre dame versus florida state as two rivalries that we're missing out on too that's true i completely completely forgot about those well catholics versus convicts was never like an in division or an in-conference rivalry just because notre dame has to be special Oh, we're forgetting the best rivalry. Civil conflict. The rivalry that UConn's head coach made up against UCF. How did I forget about that? Oh, my... The saddest moment in college football history is when uh, UCF left the trophy just on their sidelines. Yes. And this is one we get every year, and I don't want to 
overlook it. It's not in conference. But the Cumble is a great one. They didn't play it for a while. Then they played it every year since 2018, except 2020, but that was a weird year. The Cumble might be the best rivalry in college football. UMass versus UConn. It's certainly the messiest. All right, and all that, everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving with your families. Uh, I hope while you're saying this to your grandmother eating turkey, you think about what Kieran just said. Uh, just glad to be of service. I started my tears early today, boys. Uh, as a reminder, don't bring up politics tomorrow during Thanksgiving dinner unless you want an excuse to leave. Always keep that in your back pocket. No, then you bring up the cum bowl, evidently. <laughs> well, if the politics thing doesn't work, then you got to go full throttle and just bring up the cum bowl. And if that doesn't work, then you bring up the egg bowl. And then if that doesn't work, then you bring up what not comes nine months later in the baby bowl. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, I have also a new rivalry that I want us to talk about. So... Miami of Ohio played, not Miami of Ohio. Yes, they did. Miami of Ohio played Ball State the other day for the battle for the Bahamas because the winner would go to the Bahamas Bowl. I need Miami of Ohio versus Ball State to be the battle for the Bahamas going forward. I, I don't care. It should be a rivalry anyways. They might already be, but I need it to be called that. Uh, let's is, see is Ball State not from Ohio? I thought Ball State is from Ohio as well. Ball State. Uh, it Wikipedia does not have them as a rivalry. Oh, sorry. No, they're it, in Indiana. That's and right. also, they are very generous with the term rivalry if they call Alabama-Penn State a rivalry. We, we don't count that. They just... Oh, my God. They have some dumb rivalries on here. They bump their heads. Cincinnati-UCF. They first met in, in 2015. The, yeah, when the American Conference was founded. Yeah. Uh, the Royal Rivalry, they've met three times from 2011 to 2022. James Madison versus Old Dominion. That's, I'm surprised. Okay, I'm that's surprised. Actually, that, that is actually a good route. James Madison, Old ODU is a, is a fantastic rivalry. I love the name, but I think you have to meet more than three times to be considered yeah, No, that's three times in the FBS. They are okay, two FCS schools that have played for a long time. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. I concede. I was wrong. I, I have but, an aunt and an uncle. One's a, one's a JMU, one's an ODU grad. The Georgia Tech-Virginia Tech rivalry is called the Tech Mobile. Makes sense. I love this. All right, I'm going to keep going. Shula Bowl, FAU versus FIU. All right, I'm I'm just gonna keep going through this. So that's let's let's end it here. Everyone have a good, safe, fun Thanksgiving. Oh, also, Kelsey, thank you for joining us. Kelsey, where can people find you? Uh, you find me every well, actually anywhere you want to. Just yell my name. I'm like Beetlejuice. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at high underscore low underscore sports. We go live every Wednesday, actually at 8 p.m. usually on YouTube and all the other fancy sites you can watch video on. Um, but mostly YouTube. That's the one we, we like to we talk about. Uh, all our other episodes, all our audio-only episodes, go live Thursday morning at 6 a.m. You just look up High Low Sports on any of your favorite um, listening apps, and we'll be there. And that's how you can find us. Pretty easy.
Perfect. Thank you again for joining us. Kiernan, have a safe drive back. I'm Kevin. You can find us at Quad Tailgate on Twitter, Instagram, Tailgate in the Quad on Facebook. You can follow Kiernan at Kiernan underscore O. I think that's his current Twitter. You can follow me at Belly Up Kev. And everyone have a good weekend. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's could go eight and four this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.